They think that they are the centre of the universe, and that's what they've got to think, because this is the greatest, this is the greatest challenge that these kids have got ahead of them. And it's so exciting. And this time of the year, I get, I get really excited and emotional about it. But it's, it's the, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful sunshine. You've, you've had a long year with your mates, but this is the new ecstasy in their lives. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello and welcome wherever and whenever you're listening to this special edition of Fire Up. And what a bumper edition it is. We're joined by the specialist of special guests, the creator of Fire Up on FBI all those years ago, the very same vessel that has descended into the nonsense you've been listening to all this year on Fire Up. No, I'm not talking about Mark. Fire up, Gaznier. I'm talking about the people's hero. The man who was sanctioned for playing These Boots Were Made For Walking as the new Cam of Evil, Cam Monster, was binned for the second time in a grand final. And we'll be dealing with more sanctions later in this episode. But joining us on sabbatical from Hook Griffin's titanium head, DJ Posse, with DJ Jendal and Chuck Raffle Elliott, Master DJ Stephen Ferris is back in the fold for one night only still licking his lips from the smoky chipotle ribs he ate at Vaughn's barbecue some 10 weeks ago and celebrating that his team lost all eight subsequent matches in the season. I'm Dennis Carnahan, online with the aforementioned Stephen Ferris and with Peter Volandis's greatest supporter and booster, Chris Gale, and doing a marvellous job at the controls in this chaos with his team still alive in the semis. One win away from a grand final is Redfern Pat, and we're joined by Peter Volandis's biggest detractor and harshest critic, Chris Gale. In week 13 of this remote lockdown recording madness while the NRL is in crackdown week 15, back down week 9 and entering finals week 3 the penultimate round of the season. And so many of the twisted plots and subplots and narratives the NRL are arcing towards their conclusion. It seems the Panthers' bubble might have burst. A sanction, a $25,000 fine. There are suspicions that having been camped in Queensland for so long, they're stealing pages out of the Queensland Maroon origin manual and distracting and diverting media attention with all sorts of injuries being put out there. Players publicly in moon boots. Players publicly limping. Players publicly pretending to have busted shoulders. He'd won a premiership for Cooper. Why not the Panthers? And the controversies. Perpetually peeved and pouting para players perplexed by some of Ashley Klein's decisions. And now that the eels are gone, the flat track bully's baton has been handed across to the Sea Eagles. And with only three games to go after two seasons of COVID-induced upheaval and the constant unilateral changes and knee-jerks by Emperor Volandis, which have led future Labour Prime Minister Christian Welsh to tweet, please just leave our game alone. It's revealed this week that the biggest structural change to one of the most important organs of rugby league is about to take place, with no public consultancy. A change with far wider implications than Australia's Prime Minister canning a $90 billion French submarine contact and deciding to go nuclear without asking the people. One of Rugby League's most beloved and cherished institutions. An ornament to the game since its introduction on the 31st of May 1987. Is undergoing major and genuinely radical changes so secret that only friend of the show and Rugby League's most fearless and hard-hitting truth-teller Danny Widler dares report them. 
Chris Gale, I'm getting too emotional again. You and Stephen will have to take it from here and share with our precious listeners the horrifying details of this monumental change to rugby league. Dennis and Stephen, I assume you are both sitting down. Stephen, welcome to Fire Up. Can I just say that I think you should be writing a musical, Dennis? That was such an outpouring of information and beautifully put together. I don't together. need to write it. I don't write it. It just happens. <laughs> I've never scaled such heights in my how many years with Fire Up. That was brilliant. Good on you. Radio Awards beckoned. Yeah, the, the bar has been raised. So, Stephen and Dennis, <laughs> I assume you're both sitting down yes. for this cataclysmic mm-hmm. news that Danny Weidler <laughs> has brought to the rugby league world. You ready for yep, this? Ready. Laurie Daly's getting a nose job. What? What? No! Don't say so, it. So is he becoming an influencer? <laughs> well, he's <What>? image conscious. <laughs> I think it's just easier if I just quickly read you what Widler had to say to Please. get your reaction yeah. about what's happened to, dare I say it, our game. Laurie Daly's nose is a part of rugby league folklore, but appears that is all about to change. Daly dropped the news that he was having a nose job on his morning radio show, The Big Sports Breakfast, much to the surprise of his co-host, former Australia test skipper Michael Clark and Jared Middleton. There was plenty of listener feedback too, with many asking him not to go through with it. Daly suggested it was a mid-life crisis. He has a deviated septum and we will only believe he is reshaping his schnoz when we see the new version next year. Stephen, Dennis, how do you feel? Well, when we recognise him, it's a little bit like Mickey Rourke or, or you know, Nicole Kidman. You know, you suddenly go, who, who is this person? They've lost all character. I think, and, and at his age, old man Emio, I mean, is this a midlife crisis to cry for help? Uh, Dennis, thoughts? I think it's beyond midlife crisis. I think this is, it's yes. a crisis for the game. It's one of the biggest crises the game has had because it is. It's such an identifying yes. feature. It, it features prominently, not just on his face, but on his statue at Bruce Stadium. They'll have to they'll have to change yeah. the statue. Every cartoonist in the world who's ever drawn a cartoon about rugby league will have to go back and fix their work. This is this is cancel culture and it's and it's most criminal. Well, I think that's right, Stephen. And I do note that Danny Danny said that it, you know that what a secret way to reveal it to reveal it on the big sports breakfast. This is like hiding the news. It's burying <laughs> the lead. No one's going to hear about it unless Danny Widler and God love Danny that he bothered to listen to it. Because otherwise no one would know. Is there a new television contract at hand? Because you remember Channel 9 used to make you put hair on your head. They put plugs in your head if you got a TV job because you can't be on primetime TV without hair. Likewise, a straight nose. Well, we might come to that because I assume that Daly's had I, – I, I assume that Daly's had a hair net for years. But I think, Stephen, you asked whether he's getting his eyes straightened as well because yes. that is the full Daly look. It's the cross eyes and the beak, It's correct? like the Groucho Marx party look, right? The eyes <laughs> and the nose come together, right? <laughs> <laughs> and – and Dennis, you're, you're closer to Bruce Stadium than I ever want to be, and I like to call it GIO Stadium. But exactly, how much bronze yes, it was would you have to lose? Yeah. I mean, how much? I mean, and where, where would you redeploy that in the community? Because I imagine that'd be quite well, generous. Having seen the statue, and having seen the nose, and having taken photos next to it, and you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. The only positive would be there's probably enough bronze that they'd they remove that could build a statue of Tom Starling <laughs> when he wins a premiership for the Raiders. And, and, and is it a statue of Laurie or is it just a statue of the nose, just to be clear? It's the whole thing. This is why, you know, this, you need an, a nation's capital. You need the backdrop of Black yes. Mountain to, to actually show how big to scale the thing is. And I, I recall 
doing an interview with Laurie Daly, well, my son, when he was a seven-year-old assassin working for Mix, F- Mix FM, he, uh, he interviewed Laurie and he said, Laurie, how did you go through your whole career with such a big nose without it get a bro- getting broken? And Laurie said, it, it's always been there. And I'll, I'll see if I can get this audio and send it to Pat and hit Pat and drop it in here in post. But he, he said, I learned to deal with it. I learned to protect myself. I learned how to run and how to not get smacked on the nose. Is that why he had such good leg speed? Keep the nose out of trouble. I think it is. And listen, maybe part of this nose bronze could go into the submarines we're building soon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, it could perhaps it could go into the wing part because, <laughs> what I understand, the nuclear submarines are going to be able to leave the water so they can drop, yes. Yes, drop yes. water on bushfires. Yeah. They're a dual purpose thing. So right. they could use the bronze for that. What Sundarsi uncovered there, Dennis, of course, is something that should go straight to Peter Volandis. I mean, this crackdown on head high tackles has just turned out to be more than a joke. But why isn't Daly, who, let's face it, he's on hard times. I think he was one and three in Origin Series. And as you've highlighted, he's now on the big sports breakfast, whatever that is. Yes. I mean, he's obviously looking for a job. Yeah. And, I mean, he could be brought in as a special consultant as how my nose led me never to get hit in the head. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of rugby league players wear headgear. Is it possible that if they all wore attachments on their nose, yes. that that would automatically ta- obviate the head-high contact? You're talking like in di- – well, once Laurie's, once, once Laurie's had the matter removed from his nose, he could distribute it amongst league players. They could have it inserted yeah. to, to fill out their nose so they learn that so they, so once you can see it out there in front of your face as he'd be able to, you'd know to protect it. Whereas if you can't see your nose, you won't know to protect it. You're a musical man, Chris, uh, Dennis. You both know uh, uh, Digital Underground and their famous front man. Yes, Shock G. Oh, yeah, Shock G has the fake nose on top. Um, what, <laughs> I mean, I haven't checked recently, but Cooper Cronk, has he had his nose rebuilt recently? Well, that was part of what lured him up. To, that's part of what lured him up to Sydney. Ah. Is the rooster's pitch yeah. was we've got better cosmetic surgeons yeah. up here, and of course, COVID has got in the way. Yes, yes. But I can guarantee you, Cooper will be getting a Sydney Hold authorized no job. You mentioned Shock G, by the way, there, yeah. Stephen. Did yeah. you realise that we lost him this year? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. They're very, very, very sad. Yeah, yeah. Let's very hope we don't lose Laurie in the same way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Because if you take off the nose, and I mean, hello, this. This vanity, which yeah, I guess it certainly hasn't affected any of us in middle yeah. age. We haven't uh, cosmetically altered our bodies at all. But, I mean, it's a bit of a mania in rugby league. Have you heard the news about Matt Rogers? Matt Rogers. What's Matt Rogers I doing? not. No. Matt Rogers, who featured in the Titans in their 24 to 25 shocking loss, or was it 26, 25? I can't really remember. To the Sydney Roosters. They cut to the stadium and there was Matt Rogers looking resplendent in a Titans jersey. And everyone was saying, oh, how great to see him out there repping the game, repping the team he's love. It turns out it was an advertising stunt oh. be- because he had a luxurious <laughs> mane of hair and it's come to light that he's formed a relationship with the hair growth specialist Grow, G-R-O, right. which makes sense that Matt with one T, M-A-T, has got a relationship <laughs> yeah. with a company called Grow, G-R-O, right? And it says you might know Matt Rogers from his rugby union, or rugby league career, Survivor TV series, or from his charity work raising funds that he actually would prefer that you didn't know about. But there you are. It's on the website. It's a great industry, um, though, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, that's right. I mean, but there's something been irking him, Steve, and that's his hair and his receding hairline. Right. He says feeling good is important. Yes. So he came to grow, yeah. and he got it sorted in a one-day procedure yeah. with the most refined microsurgery technique right. known to man. Right. But you don't know that the, 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 the taunts that, uh, that uh, old man Amy was copying all his life. I mean, you don't know what sort of pain, suffering, you know, public humiliation, uh, you know, personality disorders that uh, 
you know, poor old Laurie has been going through. So is that less or more important than your hair? Yeah, well, I mean, in Matt Rogers' case, it was compounded when he returned to rugby league and everyone taunted him for playing rugby union. Yeah, <laughs> compounded. <laughs> I mean, but I tell you what, though. Where does it stop, Chris? Where does it stop? Dennis, I mean, well, you know, moustaches. I mean, what are we going to rebuild? Ears too big? I mean, some people's ears are enormous. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think there are people with cauliflower ears still going around. Still Maybe they need those exactly. have, an, have an ear job. Is that what's yeah. going to happen? I mean, it's a moving feast. I mean, we, we, we've certainly come a long way from when Wally Lewis was promoting hair in a can, if you yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah. You just sprayed it on your scalp yeah. in a grow technology. But it, it worries me. I mean, you think about the sideshow bobs in rugby league, mm. the Matt Petersons, the um, uh, the Matt Kings, who now are a shadow of themselves without their full fro, and it's just Kevin Proctor representing. What would it be like if Tim Manor or Mal Meninga pruned their eyebrows? Well, oh. at least that's not permanent. They couldn't. People, I mean, at least, uh, and you know, dare I say that that you mentioned the sideshow, but I haven't seen one of those for a long time. It's just mullets, mullets from here to kingdom come, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, that's, I think they call that the huddling theory Is that it? everything aggregates around one look, right? Uh, <laughs> Cleary would I mean, be considering what you're suggesting a here job. is terrifying. Imagine, imagine, as you say, if if oh, Brent Tate, imagine if Brent Tate had that chin reduced, no one would yeah. recognise him. <sighs> well, I know many women who watch rugby league. Look at uh, look at uh, Daly Cherry Evans. Go. There's something not quite right about the whole the way it's been put together. Is the neck too big? <laughs> the shoulders slope a little bit. The head's too long. I mean, what would you do with him? You'd, you'd move a vertebrae out of the neck. <laughs> is that what you do? <laughs> well, I always feel the head's a little small with DCE. So is it possible get a, I, I don't want to say head job, but I mean, is there is there a way to get your head <laughs> enlarged <laughs> to a degree? Didn't they do that in Men in Black? <laughs> <laughs> but he's. he's his face seems like it's too small to fit, even yeah. though it's not as big head. His yeah. face seems even smaller than his head. And I've noticed Dez. Dez's face seems to be getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> his eyes and nose and mouth are getting smaller and smaller inside his head. What about his hair, though? Eh? Oh, eh? boy. He's got a pretty good hair. And, and then, of course, there's the, uh, the Nirvana. I mean, could you imagine a world where vanity has taken over and Joey Johns walks into the cosmetic surgeon of choice and says, I'd like an arse yeah. <laughs> Oh. An arse reduction. reduction. It's too much like a bucket. Can you, can you shape it a little bit more like a tube? I don't know. <laughs> but what if, what if, for instance, Darren Lockyer, Jeff Toovey, doyens of the game, what if they had throat surgery and started speaking? <laughs> what what, what, what yeah. then? The game's losing its heart. What if frontline flak jacket Corey Parker started using dye and dying out the George Clooney on the side of his head? I think what we're trying to say is that we think that all rugby league players are just revel in who they are and what they are. And, Laurie, if you're listening, and I think it's guaranteed that you are, it's not too late to reverse this decision. I stand with the nose. Yeah. And I, I, I certainly hope that we don't see this as a development in rugby league. But, Dennis, what about the fact that we should uh, have a look at what happened last weekend in rugby league up in Mackay Town? But... Just before we go to the break, what did you gentlemen feel about the fact that rugby league went out to the regions like that? Well, I'll tell you, Lex, uh, all, all of, you know, I know that you sit on the Roosters Snapchat, uh, um, which I think is confidential, correct, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it, it, it's a WhatsApp, so you yeah, didn't I, I have to take off this, this damn Apple Watch because it buzzes all the time with the Ferris Snapchat or Ferris messages. It just drives me nuts, you know. But they all go, this doesn't feel like a final. It doesn't sound like a final. It doesn't look like a final. It didn't even smell like a final. I don't know. What's your take? Well, there are a lot of empty seats, I noticed, for the Manly Roosters game. And I go, well, there are a lot of Friday night options in Mackay. Yes, of course. So, what district are we talking about? So, here, 
Yeah, but I think it's papering over the fact that they realised that they couldn't fill Suncor Stadium two days times over with semi-finals, and I think they'll be playing their preliminary final games this weekend in front of a half-empty stadium. You think this is the last shot from Palaszczuk? I think she's blown it now. One big year, she hasn't capitalised. We don't really care about Queensland Rugby League, nor do they care about any other rugby league. And you're talking about papering over. I think the reality is the Battle of the West, Penrith and Parramatta, the the Battle of the Peas, if they'd played that game at Western Sydney Stadium, and I call it that, Chris, because... You call it Bankwest. You can't anymore because it's going to be Combank Stadium. And this is why it's better to stick with yes, one name. I'm with you. With you Don't yes. go this totally commercial. Just call it Western Sydney Stadium. They should just call yeah, it Parramatta yeah. Stadium, but the Western Sydney Soccer Club will be so butthurt because soccer fans are always so butthurt that it's got Parramatta in there instead of Western Sydney. But it's Western Sydney Stadium. They would have filled that. They would have probably got 60,000 at Stadium Australia, yeah. which is its proper name now, you must admit, Chris, because it has no other name. But I think you'll find this Friday game between the Roosters and Manly, if they played that at Brookvale, maybe six or 8,000. If they played it at the Old Girl, maybe six or 8,000, maybe four or 5,000. So playing it up in front of 8,000 at Mackay, that was a win. That was a win. So um, we were happy to see Rugby League in Sugartown. I got some troubles, but they won't last. I'm going to lay right down here in the grass. And pretty soon all my troubles will pass Cause I'm in Sugartown I never had a dog that liked me some Never had a friend who wanted one so I just lay back and laugh at the sun Cause I'm in shoo 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 town So, yes, the games are both in Sugartown and we the ABC had the mayor of Sugartown and the unofficial mayor of Sugartown. I'm not sure which is which, but Steve Jackson is either the mayor or the unofficial mayor. And they were all saying, Sugartown, Sugartown, Sugartown. They couldn't get enough of it. I've been up to Mackay several times. I used to play up there quite often. And I've never, I didn't know it was called Sugartown. I always thought Bundy was the Sugartown, but I guess so. That's, that's, that's what he could fermented sugar, isn't it? Well, they have a lot of sugar cane around Bundy. I guess the whole thing, the whole sugar coast. It's good that they're doubling doubling down, though, because sugar is not the most most popular commodity these days, but they're wearing it with pride. They're owning it in exactly the same way that Laurie Daly should be owning his nose. And proud of it. But they had two games up there, and the first one one was the Friday night... blockbuster between Manly and and the Roosters. And, boy, the Roosters, there's so many people saying how wonderful, like how magnanimous they are and how strong and how resilient and how brave they were. But let's not forget all these people saying that the Roosters are brave and courageous, that they were playing – yes, they had – they probably lost – one and a half or two salary caps worth of players to injury and retirement during the year. And yet they still had one and a half to two full salary caps of players. They had the internationals. They had state of origin players. <laughs> yeah. And they still had them there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, they've come down from four or five times the other team's salary cap yeah. down to only two and a half times. So, and how, yeah, how good, good did that work, feel, Roosters. Dennis? How, was it a satisfying feeling or not for you? Oh, I loved it. Loved I it, absolutely. absolutely loved it. And I'll tell you who else loved it was Boo Radley. Radley just, he he can't get enough. And he just, 
yeah, I'm no, I'm not going to play dirty. I'm not going to play tough. I've, been, I've lost, you know, twelve weeks of suspension this year. So I'm, I'm going to be a changed player. And what did he have to say during the game, Pat? I heard that in the background because you've got uh, Rabs going roto in the foreground, and the referee is having a little bit of a chat. But if, if we have a listen again, you'll hear the mentions of dear friends of the show, Michael Luck and Carmichael Hunt. Fair oh yeah, I can hear it then. <laughs> he's, he's just asking some of the other players. He's he's thinking, I don't want to throw the first punch because throwing the first punch is worse. But if someone punches me, I'll I'll come back at them. And so that's what he's saying. Have a Michael Lucking go at me, you Carmichael Hunt. Carmichael wasn't even playing. So since I've been out of this whole caper that you're involved with now, um, and what's happened to the hate? Who, who, where's the hate gone? Where, where has it landed? It used to be Cameron <laughs> Smith. Where's the hate gone? Yeah, where's it gone? <laughs> where's it, gone? <laughs> where's it directed? Oh, well, the Roosters. And then there's yes. a whole segment we've had to do. And, and I, I do fear that the whole Fire Up podcast is just going to disappear and become new reasons to hate the Roosters because right, it's okay. a very popular part of the show. It's, it's certainly the part I lo- most look forward to each week other than the, the trivia well, about a certain um, Jackson sister. That the- yeah, well, it is the end of the show. That's probably why you look forward to it. <laughs> look, look, there's plenty of hate for the Roosters, Stephen, and I'm right at the front of that. I mean, all this malarkey about how brave, resilient, courageous, and let's face it, beaten oh, they were. Oh. Uh, how proud uh, of the boys was Robbo? Yeah, first of all, the retirements, <laughs> they, they haven't got the Laurie Daly tackling techniques sorted out. They've got bigger noses they'd still be yeah, playing. Yeah. And all these injuries, I mean, yeah. is what it a coincidence say? that – is there a coincidence that the trainer Travis Toomer has jumped ship to the rabbits at the end of this season? Yes, yes, yes. I, I just feel that the uh, the magician's cloak has been lifted and uh, they've only got the bl- themselves to blame. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I tell you what it has done. It's made Manly more likeable. Oh, God, you. Yeah. I'd say yeah. Penrith is more likeable too, Chris. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we might come to that. We'll come to that. All right. Um, what were the highlights of the year for you guys? Because I haven't heard this. I mean, Latrell Mitchell on Manu, was that a low light, the lowest of lights, or was that uh, something you enjoyed? Ah, move on. Nothing in it. <laughs> Just rugby league. Nothing I, in it. I thought I thought Penrith apologist Michael Shamus, who last night on 100% <laughs> oh, yes. footy, surprise, surprise, named a Penrith try. Some innocuous try they scored up at Dubbo or something or – Maybe it was Bathurst against Manly as the try of the year. Mm. I mean, you are kidding me. Mm. Um, but he did say, apart from the fact that Joey Manu, Manu fractured his cheekbone, it was good for the game. So um, <laughs> we, we got basically a whole episode out of it. So that, I bet you that was a yeah. <laughs> I bet. Uh, look, I enjoyed Origin. There's no doubt about that. That yes. was pretty good. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I didn't a- enjoy the DJing though. No. Oh, no. Well, I, well no. <laughs> first one was great. The second, the second and third. Rubbish. Funny that, isn't it? Mm. It really fell away. And look, maybe I'm suffering from sort of, you know, attention deficit disorder or whatever it is that uh, says I'm not getting any attention from the rugby league because I can't. They can't be playing music for them. And when I watch it, it's pretty erratic sort of watching. And and I, I, I'm still, you know, when something happens often enough that people cannot repeat themselves anymore because they've said it ad nauseum. When I watch most games, the, Third man, fourth man tackle process just drives me spare still. I think that if Landis had any any potency, he would do something about that, and he's done nothing about it. Well, look, speaking speaking of people repeating themselves, there was a little incident in the Channel 9 game where someone kept repeating themselves. Down to two players. Down to six. Six to go. This will help. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Now for Crichton. 
<laughs> what on earth was that? Was that an, off t- a, 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 an outtake from the White Album? Well, I, think, yeah. I, think <laughs> I think that's from the soundtrack of The Trip with starring Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack, I don't know. They're surely in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Swearing I, in the background. I think she was in Master Control at Channel 9 and just putting the loop out there. And I, I suspect there are some DJ. They're probably gunning for your job. There would have been a DJ there going, oh, let's just keep, keep him on repeat. Eventually what yes. would happen if, if they kept it going, it would have become like a round, like row, row, row your boat. He would have been singing along with himself. He would have been, right. been harmonising with himself. I think it was a sample from the Two Virgins album, to be honest. But I have to say, Stephen, just while I was uh, locked in that wormhole with Ray, one thing that we really did enjoy this year, apart from the said barbecue with your St. George Illawarra Dragons, yeah. was the fact that you weren't able to join us this year because you joined Hook Griffin's coaching team. Yeah. And um, he invested in youth because he had Peter Gentle, Matt Elliott and yourself yeah, up there yeah. in the box with Hook at the, the control. You must have really enjoyed that experience. Look, I have to, have to be honest here. My job was just translating right. Rockhampton <laughs> to New South Welsh. That's all I could do. I mean, and, and you know, I, I kept looking for clues that he's actually smarter than he sounds, but I haven't, I've yet to find it. So, you know, nothing, nothing good came out of the Dragons this year. I can tell you that because very, very firmly, very proudly, you know. But, but they have talent identified three tremendous young players, which you probably won't keep your hands on, right? Exactly. Give us three, six weeks and they'll be gone again, you know. And where are they, where are they most likely to land? The Roosters? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. well, they've got space in their five-time salary cap. Ah, you know, Saab was a dud for us. And then he goes to Manny, look what he does, you know. Saab? Saab. Just, just, just quickly on Saab. Did you see when he uh, scored that try, ran down the uh, right-hand touchline and then uh, Martin Tapao was up on his feet and he cocked a big look at them and a poke out of the tongue and a big smile. Yes. One of the things we've worked out this year yeah. is worse than being a grub, a germ, a parasite or a dog in rugby league is to be a mugler. Yes, exactly. And I ask you, is Jason Saab a mugler? Yeah, and Anthony Mandine never recovered, did he? Mm. No. Never recovered. No. No, you can't no. be a show pony mugler. No. So yeah. I, I do question though that whether Jason Saab has a, a little clause there because it was against the Roosters. And, ah, and right. there was something Fair beautiful enough. about yeah. the fact that you could see that um, Lionel Richie had the ball and you could see him looking for Jason Saab because he knew that if he got the ball to Jason Saab, yeah. it was even though they were 80 metres away, no one was catching yeah. him. And as he's running down the field, Tapao didn't just get up. Tapao was full Happy Gilmore riding the bull. <laughs> he was whipping himself and he had the bull's reins. Hey, guys. And he was riding up, it. And it. Can I bring up a topic that nobody ever brings up? What's that? Who's the fastest man in rugby league? Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's, Sabre it's, it's, Savage. it's Xavier Savage. But, um, yeah, right. Like, I mean, first of all, who cares? But secondly, uh, the other good bit of news that has come to light this week is that you know all the talk about, um, you might not realise, but Damien Cook was a former beach sprinter. Mm. He's not the only one, though. Kalamatangi. Kalamatangi. And Cameron Murray. Yeah. And that, and surely that's not his real name. Kalamatangi. Murray. Yeah. No, that's his real name. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then now Damien Cook is trying to clarify, <laughs> I'm not a beach sprinter. Apparently, I was a beach flagger. Right. What is that? Right. Oh. So, yeah. what, yeah, Johnny because Gibbs- the difference between the flat sprint and then the running for the flag sticking yeah. out of the beach. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot to be said. Johnny but Gibbs no, I agree. was a the, flagger you know, as well. Uh, yeah, but you know, like the, the fact of the matter is, unless the rugby league is prepared to commit to, and they're never prepared to commit to anything, if they if they're not prepared to commit to a sprint featuring the non grand final players, which means that you know 
the likes of the Fox might be out. But yeah. if they're not going to commit to a half-time sprint in the grand final, then it's a it's a useless Pointless, pointless discussion. I know. I shouldn't have brought it up. But you I'm know sorry. what they should Total do? What they should do at the grand final, they could do this at the Colosseum in Rome 2,000 years ago. Why can't they do it now? They should have a sprint on grass and a sprint on sand. Ah. One of each. <laughs> one so, way up, one way back. Because could you imagine? Sure, Jason Saab might win the grass, put him on sand, and Cookie's got him. Imagine yes, that. Cookie's got him. Yeah. The short, stocky leg works better on sand, apparently. <laughs> Low center of gravity. That's right. <laughs> Not the tall, lanky buggers. <laughs> oh, now, how are those games on the weekend? I think that Penrith were holding their powder, weren't they? I think they were just cruising through that game. Huh? Oh, I, I don't think Penrith were holding their powder. I think Penrith were. There was no cues in the rack. In the Manly game, the cues were put in the rack. They were pulling off the stars with 15 minutes yes, to go, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. And there was like there was a clear moment that showed when that game was over, whereas the Parramatta and Penrith game, it wasn't over till you know the actual whistle. But the previous yeah. game had a real sign saying the game is over. I got a phone call this afternoon, this afternoon, Rez, from Carl Stefanovi, who said he gave you a ring to wish you luck. And you answered it while you're in the shower. Okay. You answer the phone while you're in the shower? Is that what you do? I I, I do take the phone into the shower with me. Did you know it was a FaceTime call? Marty, release I don't don't understand your worship. I think he saw everything. (laughs) I don't think so. There wouldn't be much to see anyway, but he's probably telling fibs, Stefanovic. Oh, okay. You seem pretty confident about it. I think I said to him, I'm just getting ready to have a shower to go to work. Do you mind? Tupanua knocking on. That's what I was doing with the soap, actually. Dropping the damn thing. <laughs> and is that, is that what sort of stands as humour on Channel 9 these days, is it? Like, pretty pretty much rabbits. stands up and says the game's <laughs> over. We've got, we got nothing. There's nothing to talk about on the field. In professional basketball, they call it garbage time. And that was with 30 minutes left on the clock in the second half. And the professionals that work Channel 9 realise that no one's interested in the action. You can hear the referee yeah. something yapping on in the background to no decent effect, and they had to fill the airwaves. And I mean, it, if it means talking about Ray Warren in the shower before he retires, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. FaceTime, what's that stuff? Never heard of it. And listen, <laughs> do, you, do you indulge in garbage time with your wrestling, Chris, on a, on a Saturday night occasionally? No, there's too much oh, action. Yes, there's too much action. They can't. No, 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 no. When, when, say, all six protagonists are lying prone on the canvas for about 90 seconds, you know, you do have a little bit of uh, air time to fill, but right. there's generally too much action. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty reliable, the old professional wrestling. But, I mean, if we're talking professional wrestling, Stephen and Dennis. I wasn't really. You mentioned <laughs> the, but you mentioned but, but the, the, the Penrith Parramatta game. Mm. I, there's been a lot of speculation about uh, Blake Ferguson. Will he get another contract? Will the Eels have a change of mind? Will he go to rugby? Yeah. I reckon he's perfect for professional wrestling based on his performance against the Panthers last Saturday. You know, it, one minute he's down yeah. in agonising pain and just clutching the back of his head. Bam! Like that. Amazing, wasn't it? That was amazing performance any which way you look at it. And he's ready to fight. Ready to fight. I know. What was said, Chris? Dennis. Uh, it, was, it was poor old Mitch Kenny uh, who might come up a little bit later in the discussion, I believe, mm-hmm. and he actually leaned over to Fergo and he said, your nose is worse than Laurie Davis. He did not. He did. And <laughs> they just set him off. <laughs> well, it is. It's true. The truth hurts <laughs> sometimes. Um, just on Rabs, we like to see this as a sex tape floating around, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what Carl's up to, but really. 
you wouldn't be surprised well, Carl, you probably if, you'll find that if, if you Google Rabs drops the soap, you'll yeah. <laughs> find it. In, There's in Carl. <laughs> Not Carl, what's his name? Well, I mean, they, they always wheel out on the Matty John show that footage of uh, Laurie Daly in the shower doing the calendar promotional shoot oh, in sort of a semi-erotic way. Oh, imagine if there's a imagine if there's a shower shoot with Rabs <laughs> sitting, you know, a, I don't know, a calendar for bushfire relief or something like that. I mean, it'd leave off the shelves. Oh, that's you, Carl. <laughs> Walters, <laughs> but on to on to Penrith and Parramatta. It was um. Yeah, listen, I don't right there, Chris. <laughs> you okay. What? The only t- t- tell me the truth here. The only people that that hate the Clearies are Tigers fans, correct? Because my my friend Mister um, McGill came on and said, "Oh, I hate Penrith go down because I hate the Clearies." I said, "Oh, that's a thing, isn't it?" Now I've got a mate, you know, Chris here that hates the because of the clearies. Why else would you hate them? No other reason. Oh, there's the, the the sort of the flashiness, the new wealth, you know, the, oh, the, the, the Kardashians of the West. Yeah. They're Mugglers, deluxe with the yeah. boom boxes yeah. and the boys to men stuff. Yeah. I mean, we established last year, Stephen, that that they none of them live in Mount Druitt. They're all sort of in Ballara and yeah, you, you're, Rose Bay. This is coming from a Dow working class man from Rudy Hill, right? <laughs> That's right. Hey, <laughs> hey listen, I, I, wear, I wear my Huntersville Origins with pride. You know, there we go. That, that was built, built, built by seafaring folk yeah. who ventured up the Parramatta River. And now you're very happy that the, the Wallabies beat South Africa, right? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> Did they really? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean... You, you say it's just the clearies, yeah. but if you look at that game, yes, there was Fergo and maybe Mitch Moses might have milked an obstruction call, but the um, the litany, litany of, let's face it, cheating that went on by the Penrith Panthers, it'll behoove them yeah. and it'll behoove our game. Can I go back one year and go, I thought Melbourne were the most hated team in the competition forever, I mean, because they're, well, they're, they're, they're not relevant to start with, you know, and who cares if they're going on at 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. <laughs> and then Penrith lost to them, and I think most people were going for Penrith. Were they not team last year? I wasn't. I think you, were going, you were not going for Melbourne, Chris Scott. I was. I'm going to storm out of here in a moment. Wow. I don't understand that, Chris. I don't understand that. And and I think, Pat, if you could play us, what, does Ivan understand? Ivan, Brad was in here just before saying that potentially your comments throughout the last sort of two weeks had an impact on what happens today, I guess, in stoppages in terms of match officials and calls made against the Eels. I guess what's your response mm-hmm. to that? Um, no, I don't understand. He was Why? sort of saying what, that, what, what did I say? He basically said that you guys got what you want, wanted at the end of the day in making those comments. I don't understand that. <laughs> Isn't that what Rab said about FaceTime? Oh, I don't understand. That's what Hook says to me all the time. I, I don't understand. But okay, you just heard him there. I don't understand. But if we hear what Brad had to say, let's see if we understand. Oh, Brad doesn't talk, does he? There's a few calls at the end. That was fair. Well, there's been a bit of complaining over the last couple of weeks, and they got what they they got what they des- well what they were after from the back of the whinging. I understand perfectly. <laughs> now I, I thought- the whinges, and they got a result. You can hear I- that, that. What Brad really wanted to say, you could hear him screaming in the background there, but he wasn't. 
He was polite enough not to say what we all feel, yeah. and that is the Penrith Panthers are cheap. I just no. love this, that, uh, that whole Ivan pretending not to know what she's talking about. It reminded me, in round one of 2009, Cam Smith, was his team yeah. was penalised yeah. because one of the forwards did a- well, he, he walked up to referee Shane Hayne and said, Kevy, can you just- I'm just seeking clarification. What was that penalty for? And Kevy said, it was for a chicken wing. And Cam said, a chicken wing? What's a chicken yeah. wing? Knowing full well that he'd been suspended from the 2008 grand final yeah, yeah. for doing a chicken wing. That shows him how smart though, doesn't it, Dennis? You know? I don't think Ivan's. Just, I think this is putting Ivan in the same league as I, Cam Smith. Can I just go? Yeah, okay, all right. He's, he's cunning, yes, conniving, clever, manipulative. <laughs> I get all that. Every rugby league coach should be. But I recall a, a moment when. The game was stopped when there was a- I'm going to jump in because I just misheard you when you said conniving. I thought yeah. you were saying Carmichael Hunt Ivan. <laughs> conniving. <laughs> conniving. He's real conniving. He's a real conniving oh, I hate that conniving, Cleary, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I recall, and it was happening pretty quickly, that there was a, um, a Parramatta player off the side of the field and then they halted the game whilst they were attending to that Parramatta player who wasn't even on the field. He was on the side of the field. Does mm. anybody – no one seems to remember that. Was I just drunk at the time? Yeah, yeah. I think you imagined that because <laughs> the, the, the real incident here, of course, off the back of two previous stop, stoppages where Parramatta was in the ascendancy. Oh, for goodness sake. As, as, as the game was heading towards us to Newmont and Parramatta rampaging down the field, Mitch Kenny goes down having ste- had someone step on his foot. Mm. Now, the Penrith trainer – whose name would have meant nothing to all of us seven days ago. His name is Pete Green. Yes, He Green. has an ob- obligation to make an initial assessment of the player and then he can ask the referee to stop the game. Well, what he did was he sprinted up the sideline side of the linesman and said, stop the game, which then Ashley Klein did under the instructions of his linesman. He hasn't even gone on the field yet. Now, it turns out that Kenny's got a busted ankle and may not walk again, but he couldn't have made that assessment. And this absolutely impacted the game. And I tell you, Stephen and Dennis, the news has come down. Green has been suspended for the rest of the season, maximum two games. Penrith have been fined $25,000, and it's not enough. It's not enough. Don't you raise your voice at us, Chris Gale. I'm sorry. It's just blatant (laughs) evil. And that's because Pete Green is the fall guy here. Everybody knows he's mic'd up. Who is he mic'd up to? I, Cleary. And I actually believe because of the extent of the evil of this man, it's quite possible that he's not mic'd up. I think Cleary sends out telepathic instructions to these guys yeah. and he's just gone, stop the yeah, game, yeah. stop the game. Oh, I'm getting a sense now of the pain you've been suffering for all these years now, Chris, the hurt <laughs> well, and the pain that you carry. The psychological for- damage is incredible, isn't it? Well, well, think of what he's done to the Maguire family. Unfortunately, the news has just come through that Maguire has been retained for another year, and I stand with Madge. But, I mean, the whole bus thing, Steve, it really, it, you've seen the, the devastation wreaked on Wild West Tales from Tigertown. I do. And now, poor old Pete Green, he's gone in front of the NRL, and he just said, I'm following orders. And you know what happened to those people yeah. when they said they were following I orders? Know, they got kicked out. I know. And, and, oh. and, Chris, can I just bring up that initially the report was that apparently only the head trainer can – make the call, um, but there was something to do with an orange trainer and a blue mm. trainer, and then finally it was revealed it was Peter Green. The Wiggles? What's going yeah, on here? That's right. <laughs> well, that, that's how evil Ivan is. Get he gets right, trainers that right? yeah. are named differently, and so when the guy's going blue yeah. or orange, which Confusion. are you, he just goes, Confusion. I'm green. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. But Green has form. Green has form. Green's done this before against the Sharks. He called the game. He called off the game. He said, 
spoke the to the trust judge without inspecting oh, you're, you're the You're not going to take a high road here, are you? Well, Surely I'm, not. I'm suggesting <laughs> that the Panthers have form, and it could well be that this the yeah. earlier one was the experiment yeah. in the mind control, or it could be that <laughs> that Ivan has been spying on the storm and has actually f- found the technology that Bellamy has to make them all Borg, to make them all one you know, entity, and that he is actually mind control. He's only got it on the staff at no, the no. moment, but he's going to work towards- Well, I hope he uses his mind control over Melbourne next week, that's for sure. Imagine that. Yeah, Imagine well, if he hacks the Melbourne mainframe. Yeah, the mainframe. <laughs> well, he's, he's got his agent of destruction on the field and his son, Nathan, out there already. But, like, no greater uh, luminary and scribe than Paul Kander said, the penalty's not tough enough. This suspensions and points is not enough. They should be, uh, sorry, uh, fines is not enough. They should be docked competition points. Well, I say that's not enough. And I'm recalling, I'm calling now for the immediate suspension of Ivan Cleary and the game should be handed to Parramatta mm. and it should be Parramatta versus Storms this weekend and justice will be served. Can I say the decline, the, the decline block running in Melbourne is enough to, to actually throw them out of the competition. I think the three or four men on in South City, they should be thrown out of the competition as well. There's only one team left that should be actually winning this comp, Chris, and that's Penrith. <laughs> Come on, come on. The block of cheese, adorable. Pappenhausen, that haircut. Christian Welsh, I mean, he will be the next Labor Prime Minister, as Dennis has pointed out. The the exuberance of Addo Carr, the joy that Melbourne brings now to rugby league, and it will be writ large all over Suncourt Stadium this weekend. Thank you very much. Can't you imagine imagine those Melbournians are going, hang on a second, we've got a spare couple of hours right during the celebrations of the grand final. Let's just switch it over to rugby league, show. I just can see that happening right across the state, right across the city. Can't you? Oh, Dan just... Andrews is going to be yeah. talking all about it. Dan oh, Andrews saying, hey, before, yeah, right. Eddie McGuire has had a press conference this morning saying, hey, guys, for the grand final in Perth, which I've been banned yeah, from. I, I know. When, when, I, when I played Hit the Road Jack and I was, there was a call straight through from the headquarters of Admin to Melbourne saying, get that man off that track. That track is never going to be played again. And instantly I was told, never again. So I'm sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's where that's where your yeah. hatred for Melbourne actually comes. It's all personal. Yeah. It's all, and there's nothing wrong with hating people personally because that's exactly why I'm hating on Ivan. Anyway, what, DJ's, they're the best team winner. DJ's Saturday. being told that they can't play certain tracks in the grand final. It's never happened before. It'll never happen again. No, that's right. And and it, Chris, <laughs> we've been talking about people ever again. People modifying their noses or losing their nose, modifying yes. their eyebrows yes. or their their bucket ass. I think your soul is in a parlous state at the moment. Take it, Faust. Take it. <laughs> the question that was asked of Ivan there was, you know, did his whining to the press did it did it have an effect on the game? Did he was he manipulating? Was and and is that why the results went their way? Is that what Ivan do? didn't understand that. But the previous week he seemed to be very much understanding. Last week we discussed this, but I was so inspired by the discuss the. the the contretemps between Ivan and Wayne that I've written a little song about it. The NRL has got to make a decision on uh, whether they're going to allow coaches to deliberately manipulate uh, referees and try and influence them. You allow public manipulation directly influencing it, and you're only human if you're a referee. Get phone calls to say you need to tidy this area up. Why is that? Because someone's complained about us. Ivan went to his press conference with a crazy idea in his head. His team had just lost to the bunnies. He could win the press conference instead. There'd been a lot of tension in the weeks before the game. He said they'd be manipulating and coaches were complaining and all of it was Wayne. Yeah! I didn't start the 
conversation publicly. I wasn't going public with anything. He was the one that's come out and started mouthing off. So if he's critical, he's critical of himself. Wayne walked into the press room, still blowing from the wind. And the journalists then told Wayne what Ivan said about him. Probably shouldn't have gone up. You guys are fucked over. It's good clickbait. It was good. It was good theatre, wasn't it? No, got everybody pumped up a little bit. Well, it's been it's wonderful having you here, Stephen. I've, I've, I've took a little screenshot of the Zoom meeting. I might post that on the Fire Up page. But it's where have you been? We've missed you so much. Where have you been other than in with DJ Hook? What have you been doing? I've been finding that, well, yeah, apart from dealing with Hook, you know, wrestling to the ground and trying to convince him to get some wins out of the team. I think, well, we've got 15 out of 18 or some rubbish like that. So it's been a tough year. Uh, look, with respect to Vivid, Two, two cancellations, and those two cancellations were caused the first time around by fighting for a Todd Carney statue, the bubbler, at the Opera House. Right, yes. That cruel, that one. The second one was yes. building the Hall of Shame near the Horton Pavilion to celebrate rugby league alongside gone. a concert. Gone. That was it. Yeah, the pyramid's gone. At the Tibby Cotter. Yeah. At the Tibby Cotter. Exactly, walkway. exactly. Yep. So, look, I, I'm a little bit tentative these days to fight for anything that's rugby league themed within Vivid, so pardon me, ex- but, except but, for the colours of Penrith on the Opera House. Yeah, <laughs> All, right? Right. All those colours. But... <laughs> But, Stephen, I know your time is limited, but this is our third segment, and this is where we bring in Redfern Pat. And I think, Redfern Pat, we've got an idea for Stephen that's regularly themed for Vivid that has to work, don't we? Harbour Cruises, selling Harbour Cruises to your mates. and oh, I love that. What a great road. Elite Cruises. We used to make these little cardboard, t- little cardboard tickets. Really? All, all that had on Harbour Cruise, Saturday night, circular key, 7 o'clock, bring your own drink, five bucks. We'd fill the boat up, pay for the boat and the jukebox. And... The third time we ran one, here's the story. The third time we ran one on song number two got stuck on Nutbush City Limits <laughs> by Tina Turner and we'd only play the one song for the whole cruise. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a business model. If I've ever heard one, you know, you bring your own drink, charge you five bucks, and you can be a billionaire. Like, Richie Rich, I'm sitting on the cash as we speak. Now, can I just give you one of my worst DJ memories? So I was playing a party for a woman called Caroline, and, of course, the last song of the night, guess what it would be? Nutbush. Sweet Caroline, right? Oh, no. And guess what? On my DJ thing you can see behind me, there's a function where if you accidentally press search, but you don't press it properly and press an X or an S, it goes into reverse. And the damn song went into reverse mid-song. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, but Stephen, you are the music curator for Vivid. It's a very important yeah. um, position yeah. and you're looking for a bit of content. Yeah. We're, we're thinking the Gus Gould, because Gus will be in authentic 70s gear, <laughs> the Gus Gould Ferry playing, it's almost like a John Cage minimalist yes. thing, a four-hour harbour cruise only with Nutbush Sea yes, Limits, yes. sort of trolling up and down sort of in front of yeah. uh, the Opera yeah. House and, you know, around the quay and, and whatever with, with images from Gus's career pro- projected. projected on the yeah. sails. Would you do that for oh, me? As long as I can get a bit of Yoko Ono in there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe ra- a Max, <laughs> Max Richter sort of, you know, like quiet zone section for a period. Of course we'd have that in there. So, so, 
So if any of you are going out screening, Max Richter's yeah. Sleep and Nutbush City Limits, all curated by Gus Gould, yeah, $1,000 a ticket. Gus would have to have a nose job. <laughs> He'd, have to turn up. He'd have to wear his flares and his platforms and his wide lapel shirt, surely, yeah, sure. and have a mullet. And, and, oh, and bring oh. Rab's nude. Oh, and have him <laughs> drop the soap. No face on allowed. <laughs> Just a hologram of Rab's in the shower looking for the soap <laughs> and every angle we would reveal something. So, something additional. In 3D, yeah, yeah. and it's going to oh, rotate yeah. in the middle of the room. Sounds like about a million films already, doesn't it? So, hey, I, I would recommend it. I want to go back to the classics. Since since you guys have dumped me from far up, I want to go back and say, I like to hear <laughs> William Shakespeare's My Little Angel in honour yeah. of the Clearies and Penrith. Yes. Okay? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I think the stand has definitely got better. Miss you. <laughs> Bye. Come back soon. See ya. <laughs> Buzz. They all do, I, don't, I honestly don't care. Well, you sound because like you I, do. No, no, because you're wrong. Don't start me. Do not start me, please. Everything that you say gets picked up. Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? Have a think about So we've had this one sent in uh, a bit to us. And we were talking about Gus called before. Um, so we had this during the week. Everyone wants more, Gus. That's, that's <laughs> been the feedback. They want more. The life of times that feel good. <laughs> um, and then the, the, well, you think the work that, that goes into coming up with the name that we came up with, they probably couldn't think of that on their own, could they? <laughs> no, and they haven't quite got it right because it's saying feel good. And it doesn't ring as nearly as well as the life and times of Gus Gould. Yeah. And we have been hearing a lot about tearing up of, of contracts. And then we think, oh, and, you know, in rugby league and it's little pond and the little meddlings we have with each other that, mm. you know, that's not how it really works. But if you go to the very top. You said you raised it some months ago, but yes. when did you directly tell President Macron that you were tearing up this contract? The night before. They have it from the top. You can have a $100 billion contract or whatever it was and you just tear it up and it's gone. Well, he's a Sharks fan. Sorry, see you later. It's, 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 it actually, if you connect the dots, I think what we'll see is Lachlan Lewis playing rugby league in France next year for Perpignan. Yeah. Because the French government and Lachlan now can sympathise and empathise with each other and I think they'll find a home with each other. And, I mean, he's kind of looking, he's got a bit of a Gaelic look to him, Lachlan. I think he'll be fine. So we had Stephen on before, unfortunately had to tap out, which got me thinking about who is the who is the top of the tree in, in music. Like, you know, Stephen Ferris isn't going to live forever. Has he, has he fallen off a little bit? So I did a deep dive. So we'll start with, you know, the obvious choice and, um, and, his, and you know, his musical nows. There, there is a bit of a skill to wingers. Like, everyone likes to sort of, you know... Why is everyone bagging? Well, they're like drummers <laughs> in a rock band. You know what I mean? Like, they hang out, they're musicians. <laughs> but they just... Kenty. 
So, obviously, you know, he gets that, you know, drums ain't important. Can't he? Seems odd to me. I mean, it really seems odd to me that, you know, I would have thought, to be honest, wow. keyboard players, they're kind of on the fringe, aren't they? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> if, you ask, if you ask Geordie's on uh, about yeah, that, he Are you across this, Dennis, that Pat featured on a recent YouTube episode of The Friendly Geordie's? No. It was it was about uh, versus Kays of the Rapper, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, the the whole theme of it was that um, uh, like Triple J, they they support hipster music, and then Cursor makes real music, and he went out and got famous on his own, uh, and that Triple J stuck playing hipster hipsters. So then they're saying, you know, one minute it'll be they're into eighties revival, voila, a picture of me and my you know share house I had when I was twenty three. Um. <laughs> And then they're with like, a, oh. with a Nord, with a Nord lead keyboard, I noticed. Nord, yeah, the yeah. Nord leads are. Uh, it's not holding up too well. Right. If anyone knows how to fix a frequency oscillator, a um, <laughs> Northern European frequency oscillator, that would be that would be nice. Ooh. I sold mine. Now, were you? A, Was I aware? Were you a willing participant in all this? Nah, I watched. I actually had a day off on Wednesday, and I just watched the video. Anyway, and then imagine my surprise. <laughs> and, and, and have you been joining the whole Balalaro case incident? And if so, on whose side are you on? Friendly Geordie or John Balalaro? Uh, well, what I people messaging me, and I do think it's very funny. <laughs> Obviously, there are pros and cons to Friendly Geordies. I think, you know, and everyone who messaged me, I got it wrong every single time. <laughs> like people would message me and I'm like yeah it's pretty funny you know and like no you shouldn't be using your like your your uh, photo <laughs> like that's bullying and then you know other times it'd be like oh you know I guess you know that the Chibble J you know should do this or whatever or oh, Chris you would know it's a pretty tired argument and then people are like no it's government funding and it's just propaganda blah blah blah, blah. so <laughs> the great thing is though it's not it's nice to see when the person who does Media Watch becomes part of the Media Watch. Yeah. Well, I guess it's the Sky News um, insiders. <laughs> so, I'm not, the, I'm not uh, anything to contribute to music. Kenty's not anything to contribute to music. So, we go to the players. And mm. what songs do the players like? Favourite songs, Horses by Daryl Braithwaite, probably. Horses by Daryl Braithwaite. Song I listen to is Horses by Daryl Braithwaite. The horses. Um, just all good all-round song. Gets me pumped up. So that was all the players. All of them. Dennis, except for all the except players. for one player. Dennis. Yes. What's the one player in the whole competition that you would like to know their favorite song? Ooh, Tom Stark, oh. Sam Williams, Sam, Sam Williams, Williams. Sam, Sam Williams. What is Sam Williams' favorite song? Try and stop these man in green cars from hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Oh, You'll see oh, green. Sammy! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I could love him anymore, but I do! <laughs> it's fantastic. And it's what, the best theme song. It's the Camera Raiders theme song. You might recall what? it from what? the end of the 89 Grand Final, Chris! <laughs> So, so I, I've been a bit unkind about horses, except it's a song written by Ricky Lee Jones and Walter Becker from Steely Dan, who I both respect. Mm. Who, who wrote the Green Machine? Les Gock. Oh, Lesie Gock. Les Gock wrote it from Hush. 
gold records on the wall. He was, in fact, last year, no, the year before, in 2019, he was a hornblower. He blew the Viking horn, and they came back and he formed his his band, played the Bad and Mean Green Machine live. Did they do Bonnie Maroney as well? I, I certainly hope they did, because I can't think of any of the Hush songs. I remember that uh, one. So Bonnie Maroney, which was a cover version, went to number one, I think, when they were in their countdown yeah. pop, pomp, and uh, the other one will come to me. No, that, that's not it. What else you got, Pat? <laughs> Glad all over was the other song. We've got Sam Williams, but, you know, that's good if Canberra winning. What else, What if not? So, who's the top of the tree for music? Who's the one who the self-confessed? It's Matty Johns, right? Yep. Yep. And like any anyone like that, you know, you're Richard Kings Mills. Um, you want to share <laughs> your love of music with people, as Matty did. Now, this year, music's a big part of the show, in and out of the breaks. And this year, uh, throughout the show, the music we use is going to be off a, uh, an album we like. <laughs> what, what do you think? What's his album he's going to share? I'm going I'm to uh, put it out here and say DMAs. D- I will. It's actually, I should preface that by Matty Johns has championed the DMAs and Gang of Youths. Uh, both were rising acts, uh, local bands as well, and were championed by Matty Johns about 18 months later. It's not them. <laughs> Which album do you think he's champion? Have a, have a, have a shot. Uh, Houses of the Holy, Led Zeppelin. Houses of the Holy, Glenn Campbell, something like that, you think? Uh, uh. It's the music from Saturday Night Fever. We'll take a break. Hey, listen. Uh, fifth of Beethoven, Walter... What was it? Uh, Walter something orchestra and, of course, uh, the Tramps Disco Inferno. It's not all bad on that record. Mm. But... Is it, is it like the second or third highest selling album ever? It's right up there. It's yeah, right I don't think, I think it's been recommended. It's <laughs> been recommended enough. And then just finally from me, um, so we had, we we're talking there about as well, songs are overused. So we've been over Sweet Caroline, we've been over Horses, we've been over uh, Nutbush. Yeah, yeah, we haven't been over You're the Voice, but we should be. You're the Voice, that's done. What's the uh, what's the other big one? Oh, John Johnny oh, Denver. Yep. So I've got actually a solution to how we can uh, put that one on the shelf. Rabbit's fence? Yes. If we, can, if we update that, then Country Roads or Botany Road has got a whole whole nother life. Well, it makes a nice change from glory, glory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to be hearing that. So. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I hope so. After, after a couple of weeks of glory, glory, you're going to be, you're going to be praying for. Um, <laughs> Take me home, Botany yeah. Road. Well, then let's move to Chris's kooky correspondence corner. What do you got, Chris? It's been a fairly empty mailbox this week, guys. So I thought I'd uh, turn over the kooky correspondence to a little bit of an update as we're now four episodes into SAS Australia with featuring Sam Burgess. <laughs> the the revelations came uh, thick and fast with Sam. Obviously, in uh, episode one, he confessed to extramarital relations, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to 
the impeachment uh, drama that's on at the moment uh, with Clive Owen featuring as uh, President Bill Clinton. But and it, it came to light that he's he's pocketing about 150 to 200k for doing the two weeks on SAS, whereas poor old Manu Fidel, who uh, abandoned ship after episode three, actually gets nothing because it's part of his Channel Seven obligations. There's an absolute pay scale. It's like a typical rugby league team is that you've got the guys getting like 30, 40 grand to appear a la Bryn Edelston and you've got Big Sam on 150 to 200. But they're really getting good value out of Sam. Some of the quotes he's given, he goes, you know, after I retired, I was a big, fat, lazy baby, um, which is, you know, when you think about it, quite descriptive. What, they did a task in episode three, which was called Control. Episode one, Ego. Sorry, episode two, Courage. Three, Control. And four, Aggression. So in Control, they put him into an open jeep with a with the driver's window open and the back is open and they're lowered underwater and they've got a seatbelt on and then they wait till the scuba diver counts out 40 seconds taps them on the shoulder and then they're able to undo the seatbelt and swim out right and as the guy was getting as sam was getting into the jeep the sas guy goes well you're a bigger guy so be careful in there there are more things you can catch on i was in a helicopter that went down in the falklands 18 on board only two of us got out anyway good luck so we've got the Falklands into two episodes in a row. Uh, last night was terrific. Um, Sam, on one of the tasks, left the casualty behind, which was just this big vinyl human form filled with sand. Uh, and the SAS guy goes, don't you realise he's got a family? Oh, that's interesting. He nuded up, but in a blow for rugby league, given where we are at the moment with the game, he took on Heath Shaw one-on-one in milling, which is a form of boxing, and he absolutely toweled up the ex-GWS AFL player, and struck a great blow for rugby league. So Sam is doing a pretty good job right now on SAS. Well, that's great news. He towed up an AFL player because it, there was, of course, Gell took on a former AFL player and at Noodles. Yes, the Noodles. Two-minute rounds. Hall. And Barry Hall. And that, uh, that was a draw, wasn't it? Well, it was called a draw, but it was it was a fix. It was a, it was a fix. Well, Sam is doing the square up. up. Sam's doing all the squaring up. Excellent. Well, if that's all your correspondence, and let's go to everyone's favourite segment, another reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. To watch uh, what sometimes we see as that cold brand that administers all the, sort of holds the game together so everyone can cheer their Roosters or their Sea Eagles, you know, sometimes you've got to stand up and applaud the NRL and, and just say thank you for looking after us. Thank you for caring for us during um, what could have been a really tough time. It's just so, um, yeah, they needed to hear that because they've been amazing. Thanks. Sickening. That was it. That was it. Sickening. Oh, wow. Sick of fancy. Goodness. Well, with that, that is an excellent reason, another excellent new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. And I think... We should probably wrap it up there. And, and don't forget, join Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook. Follow us, fire up and on Twitter. And I've got to remember as well, that I've got a show next week. You do. Rugby League the Musical hasn't been able to perform. We did one show last year because of COVID. We snuck one in. Um, this year, we were, I had three booked for next week and had to cancel them a few weeks ago. But I'm going to do an online show. So if you go to Rugby League the Musical or Dennis Carnahan on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, um, I'll be posting a link there and doing a live stream, which I'm shitting myself about, I can say, because there's technology involved, which I'm very unfamiliar with. What's- <laughs> Maybe just black screen for an hour and a half. And what's the cost, Dennis? <laughs> 
Oh, it's free. Whoa. It's free. Oh. Th- there will be a donations box if people feel it's, it's busking. So if people want to chuck coins in, beauty. If not, it's just a free show. I'm doing it as a free show, and why not? Now, and of course, after the grand final episode, we'll be having a short break and going into our summer series again, uh, which I mentioned last week, to discuss the nexus between the art of the arts and the arts of rugby league. And with that, is there any, have you got any last minute? You've always got a last minute thing. What have you got for us, Chris? Well, I think it's going to be a very, very tough time for everybody on Saturday, Dennis, when they've got to completely reorganise their schedules to see the four o'clock game between the much-loved Melbourne Storms and the accursed Penrith Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been purely done to accommodate the evil, talk about evil, the Leviathan from the South known as AFL, and they've got something on afterwards that apparently some people want to watch. But fortunately, there is one person standing there in front of them all. So as we say, enjoy your preliminary finals. Let's give the last word to the great Jeff Toon. Here we go again, caving in to the AFL, caving in. Caving in. We want to be the dominant code. We want to make the fans aside. Make, put, put your cards on the table. Make it up, okay? You either put your hat in the ring, put your keys in the bowl, make a decision. Keys <laughs> in the bowl? <laughs> That's a different guy. Oh, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. in the bowl. I got confused. That's a beauty. That's a beauty. I shared this moment with you. Keys in the bowl. Hats in the ring. Swinging sports pants. Hats in the ring. Keys in the bowl. I thought you liked that one. Oh, God. Oh, 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 goodness. Legends, thank you very much. Put your keys in the bowl.